The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Searchmetrics. Searchmetrics sets the standard for innovation in the content and search engine optimization industry. They support businesses who care about understanding both how to use content as a marketing channel and how to improve their organic rankings in Google. If you're an enterprise-level marketer, the Searchmetrics suite of software and services will help you optimize your existing content, help you understand what topics you need to cover next, and how to ensure that your writers produce effective content. There are billions of Google searches happening every day, and Searchmetrics gets your stories to the top. Today, we're going to talk about multimedia content production and syndication. In other words, storytelling. With us is Michael Green, the founder of Unfold Productions, which is an audio and visual digital media shop that builds content and websites for your organization's identity that are tailored to your specific target audience. Michael is also the producer and a host of the People Behind the Science, People Behind Innovation, and Exceptional Entrepreneurship Podcasts. In this episode, Michael is going to talk to us about how and why enterprise-level companies are creating their own podcasts and using them as a marketing channel. Here's the first part of our interview with Michael Green from Unfold Productions. Michael, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Ben, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it and looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, it's great to have you here. We've known each other for a little while and talked about a few different consulting projects related to podcasting. And this is actually the first time we've talked about my podcast or talked on my podcast. So it's great to finally have somebody who's influenced me to become a podcaster uh, on the show. Well, I appreciate the warm welcome. So let's start off by you telling us a little bit about Unfold Productions. Can you give us an overview of what the company does and what your role is? Certainly. So I'll try my best to keep it succinct because as all good things, we've grown over time in both what we do and how we think about what we do. So at our core, I'd say we're an agency focused on providing really high quality and robust solutions for our clients. And that can be, like you said, anything from audio and visual series to websites to marketing strategy, even development and implementation of scalable systems. So that's under our agency umbrella. On the other side of the house, we have a built-in suite of brands and companies under our umbrella group. And those range anything from 
pet industry all the way to very serious science and tech. And I love some of the pet industry brands that we manage because, you know, if you ever have a bad day, it's always nice to take a look at your inbox and see some smiling people with their pets. So, you know, anybody listening right now is probably like, okay, those seem like two very different things. But I think when I talk about the unifying theme, it'll kind of make sense. So really the key that unifies our organization is that we really excel at identifying and then rapidly building communities and systems to start influencing those niches and then can sell derivative products and services to those groups as well. And we actually started off on the in-house side, but it came to light that there was a great business opportunity after we kept on getting interest about some of our podcasts, like, where'd you get those done? How'd you do this? And, you know, I'm not the brightest guy, Ben. So it took me a few times of people asking me that I finally figured out, oh, this is something that people need and are interested in. And maybe we should provide that as a service. So that kind of tied everything together. And we've been growing year over year in business about four and a half years now. And it's been a great journey so far. So essentially, your business is a two-part business. One, where you are creating content and websites, digital assets for companies. And then you also create your own content. Talk to me a little bit more about the path that led you into having a bifurcated business. One of the, I guess, early experiences that I had in my professional development was I actually started off in a medium-sized to large-size agency in the Midwest. And I had the pleasure of working there for years. And once I had moved locations, I was always enthralled with tech, but I had the opportunity to enter in the tech world. So I got a developer position once I had moved to a different city. And from there, I followed a tech career path. And down the road, I had the opportunity to marry those two together and create what essentially now is a relationship between business, technology, and marketing, and build an organization around those three pillars. I'd like to say that I had the foresight at the age of 14 that I would figure that out as I was starting off as an hourly employee, but a lot of opportunities presented and I was able to move forward and really take advantage of what is a somewhat unique career path there. So when you were 14, you didn't envision that you would be a podcast host and producer? If I had, I'd probably be a billionaire because that would have foreseen a lot of tech that was maybe 20 years off. So (laughs) (laughs) if you had that level of foresight, you probably could have predicted the Cubs winning the World Series, which no one ever could have seen coming. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And if I was a betting man, that would have worked out really well then. Yeah. But unfortunately, no, that's not the case. (laughs) Well, fortunately, your career has brought you into a medium that is growing rapidly. And it's obviously near and dear to my heart and one of the focuses of this podcast. So Let's turn our conversation to talking about how and why some of the enterprise companies that you work with are leveraging digital media, specifically podcasts. What type of media are you creating for people and how are they using that? As far as I can see, there's a few reasons that folks decide to approach us for digital media and specifically around the audio piece. And I say approach us, but they're considering it at an increased reach. So a few things. First is... It's one of the ways to capitalize or capture what I would think is one of the frontiers that have the least amount of competition for eyeballs or in this case, ears. So what I mean by that is increasingly there are distractions in day-to-day life like notifications, people, just the pace of life has increased tenfold, it seems like, especially with emails. Nobody's ever truly settling down. So podcasting started off as an 
interesting proposition to larger organizations because they saw that the cost of customer acquisition was increasing in other channels. There was more competition for those ad spaces or for that mindshare within video and came at a time, and this was probably five, six years ago, when really there wasn't as much competition and it was a lot easier to get attention, to put it bluntly. (laughs) Another thing that was earlier on that was attractive to folks was really that compared to production of video or other large media assets, podcasting is relatively inexpensive. The startup cost is a lot simpler. It's gotten democratized to the point where if you have a quality host and a good idea for a show, you can produce something that's respectable. So that's really what the initial value proposition is. And as podcasts develop and as the listenership evolved, advertisers found that people were just listening to content more and more, not only when they were in the car, but also as they were doing things like exercising or even working at a lab bench or working at a computer, people were still wanting to feed their minds. And again, it's a good way to build a relationship with a listener, really. And when I say build a relationship, basically, as some of you have been listening to Ben for a while, you probably feel like you might know him a little bit, you know, things about him, some of his mannerisms. He's somebody that you likely trust, as you should, side note. (laughs) And we appreciate you. Absolutely. And it's a very interesting thing. And I didn't realize how powerful that was until I got to speak with some of the podcasters that I had been listening to for a while at a conference a number of years back. And it was bizarre because I'm like, I know that voice. Oh, it's John or it's Tim. I've actually never met them, but I really feel a connection there. So that was another piece is the ability to really connect in some way with listenership. And then finally, the last piece of it was it really lends itself to longer form content and it gives you flexibility in both doing longer form content and short form content. So if you look at all of these factors at scale, it all comes down to dollars most of the time. Sometimes you have social good, but especially with publicly traded companies, you got to make sure you're being financially, let's say, responsible. (laughs) Fiscally responsible. Fiscally responsible is the correct way of saying that. But it came as a good value proposition that really, I don't think many, if any, mediums can even come close to providing right now. I think that there's a couple of trends that I've observed that with the rise of the internet came an influx of written content first, right? People were using content as a marketing channel to show that they were experts and that they had authority. And in conjunction with that, there was the transition from watching, let's call it terrestrial television, where you had to be in front of your TV at a specific time to watch the show you wanted to, to on demand, where you could select what you wanted to watch and watch things on your schedule. So those two shifts for me, the proliferation of content and people consuming media on demand were trends that happened. And in the audio space, that happened for music first, where you got Napster and RDO, which was my personal favorite streaming service, the now defunct owned by Pandora, Spotify, Apple Music, like people are consuming audio in terms of music on demand. And that's basically the shift from terrestrial FM radio, listening to music and, you know, used to have your DJs and now people can just have their music whenever they want it. And to me, podcasting is the shift from terrestrial AM radio, which was more traditional talk radio. And it allows you to have, like you said, long form content, build relationships with people 
but it also it allows you to have relationships with the host. It allows you to consume longer form content. And it's also a way for you to consume the type of content that you want on demand. You don't have to wait for the radio show to talk about something interesting. You can go find specific subjects. And so people can really build in their own education by leveraging podcasts. So those are just the assumptions that I have about podcast growth. And those assumptions are good ones, Ben. I think also augmenting growth of podcast listenership is some of the technical advances. So it seems a bit silly at this point where you'd be like, always connected world, technical advances matter. But really where improvements are being made in some ways, leaps and bounds are the accessibility and the user friendliness of podcasting. And I believe the improvements that we're seeing now and those planned in the next two years will really deliver the next batch of listenership within the growth curve of podcasts. When you really think about it, it's still kind of tough sometimes to get podcasts and to finagle them. It's only as of a year and a half, maybe, that Apple added a discrete podcast app. Just something like that needs to happen elsewhere. Android, I'm looking at you. And also the other big driver of growth this last year. So 2017 was the last year that there's data available. But the last big push of growth was the increase in prevalence of car entertainment systems. So they're getting better at playing podcasts more efficiently. It's not to the point of satellite radio or FM AM radio in terms of ease of use, but we're getting there year by year. And every year we see it pay dividends in terms of total listenership. So there's some truly interesting growth trends at work here. At least people now are no longer calling it a fad, which is nice. (laughs) But it's now to the point where People are wondering, is it going to taper off? Is it going to die off? And absolutely not. There's still a tremendous amount of people that have not listened to a podcast. And as soon as they have their first one, they're hooked. I am totally with you. And my feeling is that the shift from terrestrial radio to on-demand content is just hitting its growth curve. Right now, it's becoming sort of a universally accepted way for people to consume content. Now, just like people still have Netflix and they have a TV subscription, right? They're paying a cable provider. People are using both and maybe they're shifting more towards Netflix and streaming media than they are watching the subscribe TV and you're getting more cable cutters. We are at the opposite end of the spectrum where people are relying on radio to consume a lot of audio. And maybe the people that are listening to this podcast are a little tech centric and they're saying that they don't listen to radio, but the majority of people who are listening to audio still listen over the radio, not through a cell phone using on-demand content. And I think that that shift is going to continue to happen. Let's segue into talking a little bit more about how companies are taking advantage of the growth. I think that we both agree the podcast medium is going to continue to grow. And I think it's a great marketing channel. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. 
Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Talk to me a little bit more about why people come to you to create podcasts and how you think about creating the right content for a specific organization and how do you target the right audience? That's a pretty large question there. So I'm going to go step by step here. First, why do they come? Like I mentioned before, a lot of the generally senior leadership that comes to us feel that their marketing channels are saturated and it's no longer getting the customer acquisition costs that they want or the impression count that they want. So they decide that it's time to make either some co-branded content or their branded content or even sometimes a series like Serial just to get listenership and some level of mindshare. In that case, it'd be more underwriting. So the three goals that they usually want to either grow a following, to reach a group of people they haven't been able to, or finally, to gain mindshare in a group of people that are perhaps resistant to whatever they're selling or whatever they are trying to introduce to the ecosystem. More often than not, and sorry if any of our clients are listening out there, they say, I hear podcasts are a good thing to do. So they've already made the decision that for whatever reason, they want a podcast. Somebody in marketing that I trust told me that I need a podcast. Exactly. So it's more often than not one of those. And they don't know who to turn to, how to start it. And oftentimes they found us either through one of our podcasts that we produce, or they've done an internet search for us, or they're just looking for production companies and they stumble upon us. So mostly, though, their referrals are people that saying, hey, this was cost effective. You should really try it out, Deb or John or whomever. Really, what they come to us is say, we want a podcast. We're like, okay, what do you want about? And they're like, we're not sure. That's where the process really begins. So a lot of what we do is really work with the client to make sure we understand what their objectives are, what are the KPIs they're looking at, what would make the project a success. The question I privately always ask myself is, what would get this person a bonus? to make sure that we're aligned with whatever their company needs and what they personally need. It's usually a heavy research process up front, trying to give them ideas about the types of things they can do. The difference between an interview style show like this one and one that's heavily produced like Serial or something like that, a radio drama or a radio lab would probably be a better example in this case, conveys information, but it's highly produced and you know might spend a few weeks or months on a single piece of content. So it's a basic education effort up front. Although I must say it's a lot better than it was even last year or the year before. In previous years, usually it was a multi-prong sales effort, which was essentially, first of all, educate people what a podcast even was. 
then move on to why they should probably have one for their brand. And then finally, convince them that we were the right people to do that. So I am thankful that awareness as a whole has risen because it's made the sales effort so much easier. (laughs) That's the beauty of being in a medium early before it starts growing. You now have expertise that people are trying to take advantage of. I love it. I like to feel useful, if nothing else, at the end of the day. So it's a lot of trying to really distill down what their perfect listener looks like, what's their demographic, those typical avatars or case studies or any information they have available. If they'll give us access, we'll even do analyses of their previous customers and try to do a trend analysis or a yield analysis on what segment was most beneficial. Because at our core, we're a very data-driven company. We want to make sure that we're not going off of gut feelings whenever possible. We want to make sure that if anybody ever has a question on why we've made a decision, we have a data point to back it up. So it's a collaborative effort for you to understand who the core customer for the company is. There's some research that you're doing, and then you're building a narrative around who that customer is? Precisely. So we're building a narrative of who they are, and that's the best way we've found to do it, is really just discuss who they are, what they care about, and then how that ties to the macro picture and their goals. We try to look at things holistically whenever we can, look at every angle we can to make sure we understand both the downstream and the upstream pieces of the podcast. And that's really the next piece is, okay, so we've identified who you want to reach and why. Where does a podcast fit within your current marketing mix? Because one of the largest mistakes I see out in the marketplace is people just kind of toss a podcast out there and are like, okay, I've made a podcast. There's no call to actions. There's no collection of information. There's no end to it. It's just a nice piece of content that they've thrown out into the world, which is good. But at the end of the day, that's not fiscally responsible. The content production piece doesn't mean much without a content syndication method. Absolutely. And thinking carefully about how it all ties together in the macro picture is how we grew out of just content production and also into marketing pieces because so often it was unfortunate they'd contract with us to produce these nicely made series and they would just sit there. Mm -hmm. They would be distributed. We would do a little celebration. We'd assist them with that. But all the assistance we gave them was informal until we wisened up and said, okay, they need some assistance with that as well. And, you know, conversely, there are people out there that we've worked with that have very sophisticated plans in place. And we're like, okay, you've got it on lockdown. It fits nicely into your current campaigns and your sequences. And this makes perfect sense as an augmented piece of information. And typically, the general flow of how I view podcasts is kind of a middle tier piece of content. What I mean by that is in terms of information density, it's about a medium to a high but it's not yet a white paper, right? It's not a 40-page research paper or something like that. So usually we advise people to layer their content. So have a 30-second video or something like that, or an email capture or something that funnels them into this podcast series, get them really involved and emotionally attached and interested into this particular subject matter and this particular host or this particular brand and really make that connection with the consumer and then lead them to an even higher density of information, whether that's white papers or even directly to a sale at that point. One of our customers to great effect basically has the host be a salesperson, the journey of the uneducated individual, uneducated in this sense in that they interview highly technical and engineering focused professionals. And then they talk about the product lines and as a way to introduce the product lines to the listeners. 
And from there, what they have them do is actually oftentimes have the host call prospects and they're like, oh, you're the guy from the podcast. And instantly you have insane amount of rapport. So that was one of the more creative uses I saw for a small scale podcast. Interesting. So if I had to recap some of the things that you said is because podcasts are a medium size and density form of content, it's not necessarily a customer acquisition channel. It's something that you can push your customers or your leads to to build rapport with them and then drive them into a sales funnel. And that's sort of a best practice for enterprise level companies that are using podcast content as a marketing channel. Yeah, that would be my suggestion, particularly for those companies planning to get their feet wet with podcasting. If they're not sure they want to fully commit to a longer series or maybe they don't have the budget allocated for it for this year, all those types of things. The other alternative is scenarios where the product line that they carry is either very high dollar or it's hard to reach professionals in that particular niche that would be buying their products is to become a source of authority within a domain subject. And an example of this is we're doing an Internet of Things podcast for a company. And really, we're just interviewing top tier experts in the Internet of Things from across the world. And this company has underwritten the cost of the podcast. And also, we've made some very good connections that way through both listenership, but also the people that we've invited to be on the show oftentimes would have an interest in the company that's underwriting it. So it's also a great way to gain access to people that otherwise you'd have no way of reaching. Interesting. So just to recap, there's a couple different ways that people are leveraging podcasts first to sort of be the middle tier of content for a sales funnel. And then there's also the notion of becoming and positioning yourself as an expert in an industry to start doing some networking, which is really about building the top of the funnel. Okay, that's a good stopping point for today. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Michael for joining us in part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow. Michael is going to walk us through some of the best practices and learnings that he's gained from being a podcast host. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Michael and Unfold Productions, you can go to unfoldnow.com. A special thanks to Searchmetrics for sponsoring our podcast. If you're looking to grow your online presence, go to searchmetrics.com to request a free tour of their platform. If you'd like to read the transcript of this podcast, we've published it on martechpod.com. And if you're a subscriber to the Martech podcast, we just want to take a second to say thank you. We want you to feel like you're a member of our community. So if you ever have questions or comments, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, even if you'd like to get in touch with one of the guests from our show, feel free to reach out to us. You can go to the website. Again, it's martechpod.com. You can also reach us on Twitter, Ben J. Shap, LLC, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P-L-L-C, or you can find us on LinkedIn. If you haven't already subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing technology and knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our interview with Michael Green from Unfold Productions, we've got some great episodes lined up in the next few weeks. So click that subscribe button and we'll be back in your podcast feed tomorrow. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.